The people who were most scared, and the reason why um, the markets dropped so much this time, was these guys that sold their coins. They were new participants holding whale-sized quantities of Bitcoin, which creates a new concentration of wealth. Now, what happened was they were the ones that sold. Hello there from Guatemala. How are you all doing? It's been a pretty rough week out there in the market. Did you hold strong? Did you hold through that monster dip? Sorry about that, by the way. I'm sorry. Sorry I caused a massive dip in the Bitcoin price, but it has been a pretty hectic week. Anyway, welcome to the What Bitcoin Did podcast, which is brought to you by Gemini, the only place I use for buying Bitcoin. I'm your host, Peter McCormack, and today I've got the interview you have all been waiting for. Willie Wu is back on the show to talk about what the fuck happened this week and whether the bull market is over. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors. And Today, I'm going to kick off with BlockFi, the future of Bitcoin and financial services, offering a range of products for Bitcoiners. Now, with a BlockFi interest account, you can earn yield on your Bitcoin. I've been a customer of theirs using these accounts for nearly two years now, letting my Bitcoin work for me. Also, with BlockFi, you can take out a Bitcoin-backed loan, so you can borrow against your Bitcoin without selling. And you can also register now for the BlockFi credit card, which launches imminently, offering 1.5% rewards back on all card purchases in Bitcoin. If you're interested in checking BlockFi out, I recommend you do your own research and then head over to BlockFi.com, which is B-L-O-C-K-F-I.com. Next up is Ledger, the world's most popular hardware wallet. Now, with a hardware wallet, you can take custody of your Bitcoin. And I've been a Ledger customer since early 2017, and I'm still using the same Nano S I bought back then. Ledger makes it easy for you to safely manage your Bitcoin using their Ledger Live software, which interfaces with your device. And if you are an Android phone user, you can connect your Nano S to that phone to manage your Bitcoin on the go. If you want to find out more, head over to ledger.com, which is L-E-D-G-E-R.com. Okay, next up, we're going to talk about Gemini, my new exchange sponsor, who I am now using exclusively for buying and selling Bitcoin. But I'm only buying right now. I'm not selling. I haven't sold anything on Gemini. And I've been using the Gemini app for buying the dips. I also set up a DCA, a dollar cost average, with twice monthly buys of Bitcoin. I'm yet to see a better or easier interface for buying Bitcoin. And just another massive shout out to Cameron and Tyler for supporting the show. It's been super amazing to work with them and work with all the people over at Gemini. I'm looking forward to continuing this relationship. But if you want to check out Gemini, please head over to Gemini.com, which is G-E-M-I-N-I.com. Okay, on to the show. And I know this is the one you've all been waiting for. We've just seen a pretty brutal dip in the Bitcoin price, going from its local top of 64K all the way down to 30K. And it even hit just around 29K on some exchanges. Over $300 billion left the market in a dip that this podcaster from Bedford caused by writing a thread on Twitter to a billionaire. So I'm very sorry about that. I won't do that again. Now listen, in every bull market, we have these corrections. It washes out the people who are over leveraged and the weak hands and basically makes the market healthy again before continuing upwards. But with this drop, I've seen lots of people on Twitter calling that this is the end of the cycle and saying that we're going back into a bear market. So you know I had to get Willie back on and discuss what's been going on, and it's an absolute banger. He lays out all the price action we've seen over the past few weeks in such an easy-to-understand way, and specifically the last 48 hours, which have been pretty crazy. I left a lot more bullish following it. But look, as people are shouting at me and saying this is all my fault, I want to repeat, my advice has always been the same. Don't invest more than you can afford to lose. 
Avoid leverage unless you're very experienced and then only use very low leverage and play the long game. Seriously, every Bitcoin you buy should really be a minimum of a four-year hold and just learn to be patient. You can get to enjoy these dips. Anyway, listen, I know it's been rough for some of you. My DMs are open, my emails are open. They are full of people panicking, but if you do get in touch, if you are scared, I will try and find the time to get back to you. It just may take a bit longer at the moment because so many are coming in. Um, my email address is hello at whatbitcoindid.com. And, you know, like I say, I always reply to everyone. So I will do if you get in touch. Anyway, I know you want to hear from Willie. So I will move on to the interview. Willie, mate. Oh, my God. We have a lot to talk about. How are you? Good. Pretty good. Um, been interesting 48 hours, isn't it? Uh, it's been a while, 48 hours. Um, <laughs> I can imagine... I can imagine you were fine with it whilst a lot of people are panicking and worrying. And for an experienced trader, it was a good time good time to trade. Yeah, well, I was coming back from retreat and taking it slow. So I unwound a lot of my positions. And um, yeah, yeah, I was, I was pretty much sitting in um, cash and not trading. So it, it kind of pulled me back in. Um, but yeah, it's been just really interesting to watch. Uh, this this last forty eight hours unfold. I mean, gosh, you know the the market was already pretty soft. We we kind of we had um, in April, if you can recall, the the miners tripped over the power cord in in in, in China, and we had mm -hmm. the hash rate drop, and all the derivatives unwound, and we we got a lot of. Um, price drop and and we were just kind of recovering from that. Price kind of got up to fifty five thousand um, from recent bottoms, and then um, Elon tweeted that um, Tesla would not accept Bitcoin as they prior previously had announced um, as payment for their Tesla um, cars. But furthermore, citing the fossil fuel usage, which um, yeah, it was it was met with sudden um, sell-off, significant sell-off, and um, it wasn't sell-off from the derivatives because they had all just unwound. You know, the market had just been purged of traders, and um, we were uh, pretty much um, looking good. But you know, we had. Tidal waves of coins start to form and be sent into the exchanges, and whales were selling down. And from the looks of the age of those coins, um, they don't—they didn't carry much age with them, so very young coins. Um, and I think they were the coins that were collected on the way up between the twenty-four to the thirty thousand mark, a uh, forty thousand mark back in January. Um, it just seemed like that also from the profit those coins were carrying as they were being um, dumped out. Um, so we saw this price sort of drop, um, you know, first imme very immediately from short-term speculators. It kind of stabilized around the low 50s and it teetered there as more and more coins were, were being sent into the exchanges. Um, and so... Put together, the, the the latest bearish action we had in April, uh, a very tentative recovery, and then this second wave of hard sell down. Um, the markets didn't really withstand that, and we lost fifty thousand. Um, 
then found a next level at 45,000. Um, and as that was happening, traders, not, not spot investors, but traders were thinking they would buy the dip. Um, so the number of contracts on these futures exchanges started um, climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. And we reached um, an all-time high in terms of um, Bitcoin value um, at that kind of, um, by then we were down to like teetering around the 40, 38,000 mark. And it was, just, you know, the amount of selling was enough to push it over. And we dropped below 38,000, which um, apparently was the liquidation level for these, these, um, these long positions. Uh, so, you know, is that what drove us down to thirty then? Yeah, we had a, a minor capitulation um, where we we dipped down and recovered quickly, and I think a lot of traders thought that was it, and then the selling was too strong, um, and and we broke, you know, we broke below the liquidation levels, the risk limits, um, where you know, in a long position, um, there's going to be a certain price which the um, you're either going to get bankrupted or your um, your risk levels are going to kick in and you're going to sell out of that long position. So we just saw cascades of these um, futures contracts, long positions, unwind. They just, they, you know, that, that's just saying they're going to sell um, down. And, and when they sell, you know, of course, the price drops a bit and then that hits the next person down. At, at the lower level, and then you just cascade and a runaway of selling um, as these long positions get um, bankrupted, and that that took us down to thirty thousand, even twenty nine on some exchanges within minutes, um, absolute minutes, and all all the exchanges started to freeze up. The UIs on them um, started to freeze up. Binance, Coinbase, Kraken, mm -hmm. all of them. Um, FTX held pretty strong. They were pretty much okay. Um, but people who were wanting to buy the dip couldn't even buy the dip. Um, they couldn't even log in. BlockFi, um, even BlockFi, where people were trying to log in, trying to send in more collateral on their Bitcoin-based loans were, were shut out as well um, momentarily over that, that mayhem. Um, and so that's what happened. Um, and then, of course, Whoa, once, once we purged that, um, all that selling price immediately bounced back up into the the higher 30s almost within you know a few minutes or so um, yeah it was it was a, it was fireworks absolute mayhem yeah I mean I've been through two bull markets the first one doesn't really count uh, but the last one and witnessed you know 30 percent maybe 40 percent drops panicked myself didn't know what to do kind of weirdly enough with this one even with it going like it's, we're almost like 51 percent down from the higher. I was still all right with it. I was kind of okay. I mean, I, you know, there's no doubt in my mind because I get paid by some some of my uh, sponsors in Bitcoin. And so they're the only coins I sometimes worry about because I need to use them to operate the business at times. Ah, right. But personal stacks, I was like, meh, I'm fine. You know, it is what it is. Uh, my DMs and emails were wrecked for 48 hours. I can't get through the DMs quicker than, than they're coming in. And it's, some of them are actually really quite sad. Uh, you know, I've got people claiming they've lost everything. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to tell their wife. They're broke. You know, really sad stories. Um, mm. that's, the, that's the sad side of it. But I think also that's a, a 
I'm, sometimes I'm not sure what to do. You know, you want to put an arm around them and say, I'm really, you know, sorry um, this has happened to you. But you also, another time, you want to say, look, you're taking on too much risk. No Bitcoin held in cold storage was liquidated. If you're putting everything into leveraged positions, you're taking way too much risk. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you can only lose if you're on leverage um, and you're on the wrong side of that. And so, you know, with double-edged sword, um, it's all great when things are going up. But, you know, with these markets now, we've got so much leverage in the system with the likes of initially BitMEX and now Binance Futures, um, CME, um, OKX, all these exchanges doing immense volume. The volume is heavily weighted on the derivative sides. It's it's very, um, you'll notice that volatility and you'll notice the shapes um, change. And you can almost take a guess at how much leverage um, is in the system by seeing how choppy the price becomes. And yeah, when you get you get this kind of liquidity failure where there's not enough buys and we have hit a liquidation point. This is the second time we've had this um, in barely over a year. You know, the last one was COVID. The thing just plummeted. Um, and before that was the 2018 bottom near the tail end of 2018. Um, that mm. thing plummeted like we'd never seen before um, up to that point, like a sheer downward wall, um, cliff. And, you know, that was the first BitMEX um, liquidation. That was the first major derivative markets unwinding. And so um, it's, yeah, if you're going to play leverage, you have to know what you're doing. Um, and if you're going to do it as a, a new person participating, then you really need to position very small until you learn the game. You know, you know, I further, some, you've, there must. I was going to say, Willie, there must have been some pretty smart, experienced traders who still got hit pretty hard with this. Yeah, yeah, I, I know a few, and um, they were liquidated. Also, they were also buying the dip. And also, remember, um, this thing happened right in the morning um, in US time, so people were just waking up to the sell down overnight. And um, you know, I know some were trying to send more collateral into the exchanges to lower their liquidation levels. Um, and some, some people got liquidated before that happened. I know some very sophisticated traders that were, uh, yeah, just like the market took them unprepared for that kind of event. No one thought we would have a COVID-style crash right in the middle of a bull market. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's been. Do you think it's? Um, do you think it's unhealthy the amount of leverage we have in the system? Then. Yeah, I do. And is there anything we can even even do about it? Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like because we've got very much, um, you know, we've got a lot of um, unregulated derivative exchanges. Um, I don't know if that's the the issue, but it's so easy for anyone to sign up, click, and, and enjoy 100x plus leverage. <laughs> you know, um, what Binance was saying that 60% uh, of traders use more than um, 20x leverage. So it's really fun and games if you see. <laughs> it's like a casino, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, and it is like, I do think it's, it's unhealthy for the long-term picture of Bitcoin, the growth of that. 
in terms of just the sheer amount of volatility that's added into the market and the fear and the amount of um, people that are losing their shirts. There's this other side of the story where um, these derivative markets are creating huge opportunities for, you know, traditional um, folk who want high yields and you can kind of do a market neutral strategy where if you're not interested in Bitcoin, you just want cash, but you want to generate a 20, 30, even 80% return per year, um, which is unheard of when, you know, cash-free flow, mm. cash-free um, rate on US dollars is like, what, 2% or something in, in normal markets. It's so attractive. They come in here and they have to buy Bitcoin to participate to get that, that access. So you kind of get this other effect where traditional markets are deploying money into Bitcoin to get access to that yield that's created by um, the demand for these derivative markets. Um, yeah, so it's, it's double-edged. I think in terms of the long story of Bitcoin where it's like the currency for the people, um, it's not so good, you know. it's No, um, and that's what's bothering me, really. And it, in some ways, like, I've been... Uh, trolling Elon Musk. Not that I thought he would ever reply. I mean, he replied to my thread, but um, I've been trolling him. I doubt he sees it. But the point being is that, uh, you know, I've been out in El Salvador looking at the Bitcoin project out there, and I've been now in Guatemala looking at the Bitcoin project here and the things that people are trying to do with Bitcoin to, to help people. And when we're at the whim of a single billionaire uh, and people are panicking about that, I've realized like a lot of people are in this for the gains. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, I enjoy the gains too. Of course I do. But at the same time, if we're trying to build the hardest, best form of money in the world, um, being at the whim of single people or fearing pissing off Elon Musk, I don't think it's good. I mean, I even tweeted this morning, sell, please sell your coins. I, I think it'd be better for the long-term strength of Bitcoin now if he wasn't here because it just seems to be causing too much of a problem so many people leveraged up. So many people worrying about their gains. It's like, well, don't piss off the billionaire. It's like, well, hold on. Yeah. We're trying to create hard money here. You, you know, though, um, there's, I'm kind of glad this happened. Um, you know, it's heartbreaking for some people who lost a lot of money. Um, but in the mm -hmm. long-term picture, first off, you've got a billionaire that's gone a little bit um, AWOL and, and tweeting weird research. That that are actually lies if you if you do the deep research on on Bitcoin and mm -hmm. its energy use and how that the long term effects of that the, like that's dropping the market. Um, one thing is that the more that happens, the less the market will respond to it. Um, the the other thing that that happened that happened with this one in particular was the people who were most scared. And the reason why um, the markets dropped so much this time was these guys that sold their coins, they were new participants. They have only held their coins a very short amount of time. Secondly, they were um, very high net worth individuals. So they're very rich Bitcoiners coming in from really rich people full stop coming into Bitcoin, holding whale-sized quantities of Bitcoin, which creates a new concentration of wealth. Now, what happened was they were the ones that sold. So we've had the, the value that's being held by um, whales drop. Um, and the people that have been buying it has been small retail. Um, the, the growth Good. of coins being held by the, below one Bitcoin in holdings has been climbing unperturbed. Um, and actually the user count 
as Elon was tweeting and as price was dropping, people were getting in, maybe from the publicity, but we got an uptick of users arriving the first time as seen on the network. And it kept climbing as the price was wicking downwards. So the publicity got out there. Maybe there were people on the sidelines thinking, well, it's run away, it's getting too expensive, and now it's coming back. And they, 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 they bought the fear, they bought the dip, and this was retail. Um, good. That's good then. Well, I, then I de- definitely hope he sells his whole stack and that gets distributed to retail. And yeah, I would, I would happily take dollar losses in my portfolio size to have a wider distribution of coins and less centralized uh, influence over the price. I, I, you know, and I, I'm a hypocrite. When Elon first came in, I was jumping up and down. Oh, this is great. Tesla on board, Elon's on board. This is great. But actually, I, I, I now see it as a bit of a negative. I mean, it's great when we have someone like Sailor who's just a, a fucking great Bitcoiner, cares mm. about it, keeps investing, puts out great information, does his research. When someone like Elon comes in and just disseminates bullshit, pumps Doge, and it's just really fucking unhelpful to the the hard work other people are doing. So if you're right, yeah. then that's cool. You, you kind of have a responsibility when you've got 55 million followers to be um, not... Um, not a not a dick. Yeah, just <laughs> just um, it's almost like drunk tweeting, um, and like, but that one looked very much like, um, yes, we want to um, ensure our chances here at Tesla to continue to get our carbon credit rebates um, to the tune of more than a billion dollars per year. So we got to um, present the right picture. Um, and so, yeah, it was the the pumping the Dogecoin thing was a bit sickening. Um, whilst yeah, it was you know, sheer lies, wasn't it? Like, um, well, dude, like the next day, so he puts out the energy fud, and then the next day he tweets out, uh, what was it speaking to Dogecoin? Exactly. Death. It's just like, fuck, fuck off, just fuck off, mate. It's just well, it's like Jack Maller said in his tweet thread, he said, You're like the drunk girl at the party. And we're the ones cleaning up your puke. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I thought that was a really well thought out point because there are so many people that have been working on this for the last 12 years, like some of the smartest people in the world working to build this amazing decentralized network, solving really hard problems. Uh, and then he's just coming in, just spouting bullshit. The Dogecoin community, look, if you want to trade Dogecoin, fair enough, but let's not ever attempt to to compare it to Bitcoin and say it's a competitor. It's, it's just fucking frustrating. I, I'm, I'm really pissed at it because I know how hard these people work all over the world, people working so hard to try and deliver this and they're just having to counter his bullshit and waste time. Yeah. I mean, I've had texts from people saying, should I buy Doge? And it's like, of course you fucking shouldn't. But, but you don't say that. You have to get on the phone. You have to explain to them what decentralization is, what Doge is, what Bitcoin is. And you're just wasting time that could be spent doing other things. So... Really pisses me off. Yeah, that's right. Um, and it's one of the things that um, you know I was reminded by, um, based on um, you know the energy fud tweet. You know, like fossil fuel use, we need to do something more energy efficient. There's very little understanding of um, how important it is to get a very fair and wide distribution um, of coins in a, the most decentralized way possible. Um, like any, there is no 
way that I've seen. Correct me if anyone out there has figured out how to distribute coins widely and fairly without a trusted third party that gets to hand those coins out. Like the, the path that Bitcoin's design has chosen is that you've got to swap energy to get the coin. Um, and it's been distributing over 12 years. Now, sure, you, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shortcut you can do. You can do a very energy efficient network, but that network means that you're doing proof of stake. You've got um, a team of developers who now own all the coins, and you've got to figure out how to spread that um, evenly to what will be um, 1 billion people in the next four years is the current rate for Bitcoin. It's, it'll take Bitcoin 16 years to distribute widely to two, one, 1 billion people. And how are you going to do this when you've got one project with a team there um, essentially holding the coin? Um, so the... The, yeah, like, and then if you were to think, I think Michael Saylor put out a very good piece on, on um, like the seven layers of, of yeah, how it was excellent. That was excellent on how um, this whole system has layers and layers of decentralization in it, and that's all to protect the holders of Bitcoin from one um, <laughs> ruler that dictates what's going to change about this this monetary asset, um, like. Yeah, no, I'll leave it there. But mm. um, yeah, I think there's still a lot of education to be done. I I note that the ones that bought into the FUD were um, most likely these whales that um, they 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 saw a um, like what was it? They saw maybe a a two x to five x of easy profit, which is very very unheard of in traditional markets. Um, without leverage, and I think that was enough to scare them out and to take the profit. We're now in this situation where there's no more profit on the table transacting between um, the sellers and the buyers. So um, anyone selling right now is, well, not anyone, but the market in general is selling at a loss. Um, so that's going to be really hard to sustain um, given all the key market macro indicators are um, bullish. We've got the uptick of new users. They don't care. <laughs> They're coming on in. They like buying Bitcoin cheap. Um, the valuation right now, I'm reading around the 55,000 mark based on what kind of volume going through the network, people buying this. Like, yeah, what else? Yeah, they're like the, the, the MVT ratio, which is a nice um, macro market indicator says this is a buy zone. Um, there's an immense amount of activity in the network between investors compared to the valuation. We haven't seen any kind of mania. Like we dumped down from a level which was highly organic, no, no speculative premium. Um, 2017 top, for example, we were, I think, 3.8% higher than the organic valuation. Um, so, you know... That's not, this is not a, a mania phase and then the end of the bear market. This is just a middle of the, the bull market derivatives unwind. Um, so we've got a lot of cheap coins sitting here in the market. I think it'll take a bit of time to recover. 
um, just from the sheer amount of coins that we dumped out. It'll take time to reaccumulate. But uh, yeah, I don't. I think ultimately, if you look at the network health, this is a good thing. So it's not the end of the bull market. No, not at all. It might. It might put. Um, let me have a look. It's too early to say, but like a lot of the the model, well, the model I use for the market top is based on the price trajectory, and it's it's slowed the the rise to the top for that model. So I have to have a look. Let's have a look. Um, yeah, it's too early to tell. Let's see. We'll have to. It's predicated on what happens in the in the um, next quarters of the bull market, but. Um, it's going above 100,000, 200's looking confident. Um, it would need to go up very quickly for us to um, reach above 300. Um, so it's, it's so so are you because last time we spoke, I think you said we were looking perhaps at 300 at the top. Yeah, we were on recalibrated down from three to 400. Um, right now, I'm looking at just ballparking that. Ballparking okay. that, all right, two, two to yeah. four hundred. It, it's too. It's you know this. I need to see how this this um, price gets absorbed. Um, like I want to see what what happens in the weeks to come, but it, it's definitely slow. Next up, I talk to Willie more about what the fuck happened over the last few days. But before that, I do have a message from my amazing show sponsors. And we're going to kick off with Casa, the very best in Bitcoin security. Now, if you're sat on a decent stack of Bitcoin and you aren't custody in it or you've got it all in a single wallet, it is probably time for you to consider Casa. And I know what some of you are thinking. Do I need this? Isn't it going to be a pain to set up? Maybe some of you are like, I don't know what a multi-sig wallet is, Pete. What the hell are you on about? I know, I know, I know. Listen, I had all the same questions. But honestly, it could not be easier to set up. And when you have it in place, you have so much peace of mind. Because a multi-sig wallet allows you to custody your Bitcoin, but you can only move Bitcoin by signing transactions from multiple wallets ones which you distribute into different locations, which protects you from a range of mistakes, errors, and vulnerabilities. If you've got any questions, you can hit me up on Twitter or drop me an email. There is no better time to upgrade your Bitcoin security and get total peace of mind. You can find out more at keys.casa, which is K-E-Y-S dot C-A-S-A. Next up is my Estonian friends, sportsbet.io, who are going to be joining me in Miami, especially for my party. They are the best place for online gaming because they accept Bitcoin. And we have this competition. We are going to be announcing it in Miami. You've got the chance to win a Lambo. But on top of that, we've got an extra bonus that there is not a single Bitcoiner that will dislike it. Even if you hate Lambos, you're going to love this extra edge. Now, with sportsbet.io, you have every market you could possibly be interested in. They cover football, tennis, American sports, motorsports. They even cover esports. And for new customers, they always have a range of promotions available. If you want to find out more, please head over to sportsbet.io forward slash promotions. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-B-E-T dot I-O forward slash promotions. And this week, we're going to finish off with my friends at Exodus Wallet, who I've been using as my mobile and desktop wallet for Bitcoin. Now, some people have been reaching out to me and saying, Pete, why are you using Exodus? Like, what is it about Exodus? Now, my accountant is always yelling at me. I've been increasingly running my business on Bitcoin. I get paid in Bitcoin, and I pay people in Bitcoin. But she gets angry at me at the end of each month. I always get yelled at, Peter, who's this Bitcoin for? Who are you sending it to? What's it for? Yada, yada. So when Exodus reached out to me and said, Pete, will you try out our wallet? I did. And what I was using was their advanced feature that allows me to add notes to my transactions so I can have my nagging accountant stop nagging me. So at the end of each month, now I just send her a list. Here is what it is. You can stop shouting at me now. We can move on from this. 
we can go and enjoy our weekend. Now, if you want to check Exodus out, please head over to exodus.com or search for Exodus in the Google or Apple app stores. So has this affected you in terms of your trading significantly then? like Because energy-wise, I, I, I can tell your energy is different from normal, Willie. So uh, is this... You're saying that, but are you saying it with caution? Um, no, I'm... Uh, I'm... No, I'm just I'm just zoomed out a bit. <laughs> I had a retreat um, two weeks ago, a nine-day retreat. So um, I'm less on, um, you know, like bull market adrenaline right now because I've been um, on retreat and doing a lot more meditation. <laughs> um, but <laughs> that's all. That's personal. It's nothing to do with the market. Um, um, I'm not trading right now. I've got a baby due, you know, in a few weeks. Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of trying to shed the um, the adrenaline um, of the market so that I can be a bit more present for family life to come. So <laughs> that's all. So you're just all zen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in terms of like reading the market right now, do you, do you think this is just going to put us in a kind of longer ranging accumulation phase as people try and figure out what's happening? Yeah, I think we're going to have some sort of um, shape on the price chart like COVID put. Um, we'll recover. We've got to go sideways. The coins that we dumped out need to be reaccumulated by longer term holders. And then... Um, yeah, it'll take a bit of time. Like, um, don't think it's going to happen next week. It might take a month or two, which uh, might be, you know, what, like, isn't it? Now we've got a lot more traditional guys in the markets. You know, summers in the Northern Hemisphere tends to be a bit soft amongst traditional traders, summer holidays. So um, maybe that'll take a bit of time till that's finished. But um, it's really too early for me to get a picture of how quickly this thing's recovering. Um, it is recovering. Like we saw immense peaks and in, in flows out of the exchanges as we were going below the um, into the forty thousand range, and um, a lot of coins are coming off. Um, so very bullish on the exchange flows again, and. Um, you know, we had a reversal in what I call the Rick Astley indicator. Um, we we had like as as Elon um, tweeted, we saw strong movements of coins from strong hands to weak hands, meaning um, those previously strong hands became weak hands. So again, like those guys that bought um, probably p below forty thousand in in the bucket loads, um, held their coins until the until now, um, that's my guess. But the, we had a very much um, this movement going from strong hands to weak hands, and that's just peaked. Um, and it's starting to swing back. The momentum's starting to swing back to coins moving back to strong hands. Um, the last time I saw a peak of this magnitude was the bottom of the COVID crash, you know, it forms a peak. It was a very exaggerated movement of strong hands getting freaked out and selling. And that's that's subsiding now. And the last time that happened at that scale was the bottom of the COVID crash. The time before, which was also of that scale, 
was um, the bottom of the dead cat bounce in 2018. Like really early in 2018, after the $20,000 top, everyone sold down. We we crashed from $20,000 to effectively $7,000. And then um, we bounced back up. So that was in the other, those are the two prior times I saw the Rick Astley indicator um, show that kind of movement between strong, weak hands and then revert. Uh, so that, that gives me another um, feel for where this recovery is. It, it looks like it's, it's um, well, a lot of indicators saying we're recovering. Um, the coins, the SOPA indicator showing the coins that are, what kind of car- um, profit the coins are carrying moving between <laughs> investors is everyone that's been transacting now, the sellers are they're moving uh, their coins out, selling for a loss. And that that doesn't happen very much in a bull market and um, no indicator right now saying we're in a bear market. So I'm pretty sure with all these, these um, on-chain metrics that um, the coins are moving back into strong hodl, um, like, smarter retail <laughs> than, than, than high net worth um, new to crypto <laughs> whales. Um, so, yeah. Well, I like that idea. Do you know, I like that idea of uh, these new whales capitulating themselves, panicking, because the, I guess a lot of them are coming in because they've seen the news, seen the hype, they've bought in, they've panicked. And they've redistributed those to new retail strong hands. I think that itself is bullish. That wouldn't have crossed my mind. So that's a really, really good thing to hear. And, you know, that redistribution of coins hopefully would lead to less volatility long term. But, you know, with this derivative stuff, it's, it's not you, happening. But it still feels like a good scenario. You can understand, right? You're kind of like, okay, I'm managing yeah, I get maybe my 10 mil. 20 mil and like BlackRock um, CEO, whatever, chief investment officers. Yes, we believe uh, Bitcoin is a valid investment. You know, one after the other, very respected fund managers say, yes, Bitcoin is in. Oh, I don't have a Bitcoins. Let's buy a million dollar shot of it and get an allocation for my portfolio. <laughs> Not knowing exactly what you're buying necessarily, maybe asking a few friends. And then there's Bloomberg spouting off you know, a whole lot of things, including the energy use, the car, it'll never, it's too volatile, it's, um, the, the holdings are too concentrated, constant FUD by certain media outlets. And then um, suddenly Elon Musk tweets, yeah, the fossil fuel's an issue, um, we're not going to accept it until it's improved. And he's validating this bullshit FUD um, which has been debunked for years within Bitcoin if you've done the research. But you kind of understand that, like, well, I've just had like a two to four or five X on this this ride, um, and suddenly the so-called smartest person in the world with, with um, well, the richest, one of the richest and smartest um, mm. engineering minds in the world is validating some of this FUD. Um, I guess you could, I could see that, you know. Um, I could see that happening. And it wouldn't be a bull market without uh, without hearing about China banning Bitcoin again. Oh, yeah, that was very um, timely, wasn't it? Um, I kind of wonder if that was pushed out by the Chinese orchestrating a, a long, um, what is it, short squeeze, long squeeze? Um, yeah, long squeeze um, to dump the price. Interesting times, Woody. Interesting times. Okay, so just there's a couple of things you've mentioned. I, I want to give people some kind of reminders. You talked about the NVT. Can you just remind people what that is? 
Okay, so MVT stands for um, Network Value to Transaction Ratio. Is, uh, uh, Chris Beniski named it for me. <laughs> um, he, so essentially what you got is um, it's, equivalent of, <laughs> it's equivalent of a price earnings ratio um, that you see in stocks. So, you know, with that, you've got like how much earnings is the company making? And then you do the ratio with um, its valuation. Um, so it's like, is, is it doing a lot of earnings for the amount that the, the company's valued at? Then that's a low PE ratio. So um, it's probably undervalued. And so Bitcoin's not a company, right? It's a decentralized network. So all we've got is the network activity. And this one uses volume. Um, this one uses the volume that's going through um, the network. Um, and and I, when I say volume, I mean actual coin changing hands between two separate participants. And that means that a new investor just came in to buy those coins. So we're looking at the investment activity um, that's happening with the underlying the network. And if you see very high investment activity, high volume, and it's coming in, a lot of people interested, there's a lot of coins changing hands, that's a sign of a very fervent active network of investors buying into this asset. And so it, it should track to a higher valuation. And you can just lay up the volume on the network and chart that over time, and you can lay up the uh, market cap of the network. And you'll notice the two are highly correlated. They sit on top of each other, and there's times when the network value, the market cap drops below the, the shape of the transaction volume, and those are the time where, uh, is when it's undervalued. So what MVT is, it just runs a ratio of the two, and you've got your price earnings. You've got... Um, You've got this, these swings between um, undervaluation like we have now where there's high activity and high investment volume um, for <laughs> a very cheap um, market valuation. Uh, so using that, you can kind of map um, that ratio to what, what price should be, um, which is what I call the MVT price. You map that. Um, price earnings, and you look at where it should be on price. And um, the current um, price is just a shade below $55,000. So that's the organic valuation that investors are supporting right now, $55,000. Um, we're currently, you know, low 40s. Um, so, well, you know, we were, we were over 20% undervalued not long ago. Um, that's going to close. Um, that's going to close. It's not under MVT price very long in a bull market. The last time we were below was at, at the wick down um, during COVID. The last time, and the last time before that was the dead cat, um, you know, bounce. We were wicked down to $7,000 after the 20000 in early 2017. Those were the only two times that we were below that value. So cheap coins. Right now, cheap coins. <laughs> Bitcoin is cheap. Listen, get in. <laughs> what about the SOPA? You mentioned SOPA, the SOPR. Yeah. Um, yeah, so SOPA. Um, SOPA is um, what we call spent output profit ratio. Um, like uh, Renato, who, who created that metric, uh, said it for what it technically is. Um, you know, if I was to put layman terms on it, it's... It's essentially um, the profit-taking 
that's happening on the coins moving between investors. So it's 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 a um, if you take a, if I was to sit there and look at you know in a day all the all the volume of coins that moved hands, um, I'm gonna calculate the, the sellers and calculate all of their profits. Some of them will be at negative profits losses. I'm gonna sum that all up and do a, do a essentially a ratio. Um, and you know you're doing a ratio between when they bought and when they sold. And when it hits one, obviously they're selling at break even. If it breaks below one, they're selling at a loss. If they, if it's above one, of course they 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 bought earlier enough that it is a profit it, at profit. So typically, what you see in a bull market is the super rises. It's always anyone who's selling out coins must have bought lower because the price is rising. Okay, and so generally when we get pullbacks. Um, the the price is coming down lower and lower and lower, and starting to meet the the price that they bought at um, previously, and so essentially what you find is that um, as the price starts dropping, people are going to sell their coins and take money off the table and get profit. They'll take they'll, they'll take the profit while it's still on the table, but um, once it hits that one point zero line and they're, they're at break even, very few people in a bull market are willing to sell their coins at a loss. So typically, when you hit that one point zero line, a full super reset, mm-hmm. that is when um, we get a bounce, and we hit that yesterday on the one week moving average. So the one week is actually a nice moving average on super. Um, that if you look at twenty seventeen, we hit it. We hit that on every um, bottom of the dip um, correction on that 2017 run-up um, very, very nicely. We've hit that with below it, so people are actually selling um, at a loss at that heightened amount. We're in recovery, um, so I don't think that's going to be sustained for very long. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're in a super dip buying season right now. Um, I noticed some people use the daily SOPA, so not the one week uh, moving average, and that's a little bit too fast reacting to be sure. You know, anyone buying SOPA um, on the one day, like the fast reacting one, could be front, you know, entering a little bit too early. Uh, so, but we're on the one week, that's very reliable. Um, so we, we'll hit that. We're good. It's kind of, it's kind of a historic 48 hours that we've been through therefore I think we'll be looking back at this and remembering it as a really distinct time in Bitcoin yeah what is it the sixth steepest um, drop um, drawdown in Bitcoin history yeah it's I you know what this is um this will be one that people remember because that fourth year in a bull market it's it's the one that grabs, it's a, it's a crowd pleaser, right? It's one that grabs all the tension. That's when everyone piles in for the first time and, and, and become holders of Bitcoin. So this will be the one that people remember because we've never had one of these liquidity crunches um, in that fourth one year and four. Um, this time we did. Uh, you, you could say 2013 we had... Um, we had something like this, right? We had like a near 90% pullback. Um, but that was like really early. Very few people were involved with that. There was no derivatives. They were, they were all um, early libertarians, early tech 
um, cypherpunky people, um, Silk Roady people. This is now getting pretty mainstream. What is it? 22% of the US with the survey that came out. Um, within America, they hold Bitcoin. So mainstream public just got exposed to um, a liquidity crunch. So I think this will be remembered for a very long time. Mm. All right, man. Well, listen, we should try and uh, conclude this out with some positive signs. What are you looking at now, Willie? Well, like, what, what, what's key on your mind? What are you keeping an eye on? Uh, yeah, it's really an eye on the recovery. Um, I, it's really just uh, the rate of the recovery. I want to see. Um, I'm really heartened by retail buying this dip. Um, I think that's a really. It's. I, I actually frame this as really healthy. Um, I, I know we're all very emotionally strung out right now because of this dip. Um, maybe a few traders got the other side of that euphoric. Um, but you know, the long-term picture for Bitcoin is we have a shakeout. These shakeouts are very, 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 very healthy because the weekends get shaken out. Um, the strong holders buy. Um, we get further distribution. Um, so yeah, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, and then we've got cheap coins. <laughs> that's got to be a. Um, we've got cheap coins in the in the market. Well, just for anyone listening, I, I'm in Guatemala. Uh, Willie's on the other side of the planet. We've got limited bandwidth. I think we've got a delay. <laughs> I think there's a delay between us. So I think we'll keep this show slightly shorter than normal. We've covered the main points. You know, hopefully people will listen to this. They'll be less worried now because there are certainly people that saying, oh, is it going to go to 20K? Which I don't believe it will. So hopefully we've reassured some people. I like the fact that this is, you see this as positive. If this is seeing a, Distribution to retail, I'm happy. So, yeah, it's a, it's it doesn't look like it, but in the long term picture, it is very very healthy and positive. And these shakeouts happen, um, and it's not the first time we've had a retrace like this. This is what sixth one. So, yep, um, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, look, always good to talk to you. Business as usual. Back to stacking, hodling hard. Appreciate you, man. Likewise. Take care, and uh, I'm speak to you in a month. Sounds good. Catch you there. Bye. All right. What do you think of that one? Has that eased your fears? Has that cleared everything up for you? We had a number of these types of corrections in the 2017 run, and I don't trade my Bitcoin anymore. So to be honest, this drop didn't worry me too much, but I know for some of the newer people in the space, Days like Wednesday can be a bit dicey, a bit scary. Some of you probably panicked and sold. Some of you were over leveraged and probably got stopped out. But I do hope as many of you as possible manage to hold on to your stack and not give any of it away on the cheap. Please do be careful out there. Please don't take risks. Please, please, please. Honestly, it's not worth it. It is only money. But if you've got any questions or feedback, you can reach out to me. You can email me on hello at whatbitcoindid.com or you can jump into my Telegram group. If you want to support the show, you know what you got to do. If you're a regular listener and not done it, please do head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. It really helps with the listings. Outside of that, have a great weekend. I do love you all. And as I said, my email's open. My DMs are open. Please stay cool out there. Please stay strong. Please don't get too risky with your investments. And as I said, love you all. See you all next week.